0: Hey everyone, Shane here. Let me tell you about my show coming up on November 24th, Saturday night over at Pops. We're calling it Riffs for Gifts. Me and my friend Lexi Schlimmer put this show together
1: for uh, Benefiting Toys for Tots. And we invited along our friends OutRun the Fall, The Poor, Steeples, Monk and the People, um, The Matching Shoe, and Silent Hollow. All performing live that evening on Saturday the 24th. Along with that, we'll have uh, some silent auction stuff. We'll have uh, there's uh, there's rumors that Santa Claus might even be there, so I'm very excited about that. Um, And a whole lot more other things coming up. So get involved uh, with the show. You can find more details at popsrocks.com and uh, come on out. It's a $10 donation at the door or $5 five dollars with a toy donation so again all this benefiting toys for tots and it's going to be a great time so come on out saturday november 24th pops saugé illinois thanks everyone
2: hi this is lexi and sid of hespan Metal Works and art Home of the Schlimmer
3: Metal Wolves. We are a small but furious family-run welding, fabrication, and metalwork shop with CNC capabilities and now full-scale ca- powder coating operation. We bring unique, affordable quality
2: art to life within the realm of practicality. Whether it's signs, sculptures, railings, shelves, furniture, or even just powder coat for your rims or your patio set, give us a look, check us out on Facebook or Instagram, or call 618-670-5724. We are Hess Van Schlemmer Metalworks. That was terrible.
0: Uh, I tried. Hey, everybody. Shane here. I want to tell you about my friends at Naked Vine, located at 1624 Clarkson Road in Chesterfield, Missouri, serving up all your favorite wine, whiskey, and local craft beers. Stop by and visit them Wednesday, November 7th, for Hunter Hamilton Group. Thursday, November 8th, Phil and Carson from the Scandaleros. Friday, November 9th, Baja. And Saturday, November 10th, Nick Detmeyer, and the Sawdusters. And then I will be there on Tuesday, November 13th, with my Singer-Songwriter Storytelling Showcase at 7 o'clock with Nick Gussman, Maddie Shell, and Sean Kimble. Uh, again, uh, get involved with them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stop by and see for yourself why it's being called the best city bar in the county. So check it out. Nakedvine.net Thanks everybody Enjoy the show
2: um, Podcast is kind of like a,
0: It's like a radio show That's not on the radio It's on, it's on the internet Does
2: that make sense? Uh huh Yeah That's <laughs> also like my mom <laughs> it Makes it sound more confusing Doesn't it uh, It sounds like this This is Hunter Peebles And you're listening to Rock Paper Podcast Rock Paper Podcast Rock Paper
0: Podcast rock, 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 rock. Rock paper podcast y'all hey
1: everyone shane presley here rock paper podcast coming to you from st louis missouri hanging out today with hunter Peebles. welcome to the show my friend glad to be here yeah man this is uh this is cool i uh i've been starting a lot of them this way and i talk about it a lot but uh it's still uh, it blows my mind uh, doing this show for this long and and still continuing like to discover new music in st louis like all the time
4: yeah,
1: and uh, and that's the case again today man this is our first time getting to hang getting to yeah. talk and uh, getting to uh, sh- you know you played some live songs for me and everything yeah. and but uh, this has just been uh, it's been fun already but I'm excited to get to know a little bit more about Hunter and, and what you've been up to and um, but it's kind of cool like we were talking uh, off mic earlier like you know we've been friendly on Facebook for a while and right. different, that's how it starts for a lot of these I'll start following mm-hmm. people that are doing cool stuff in town yeah. and I'm like keep an eye on what they're up to and help uh hopefully try to catch a show and stuff and then uh and help them plug some shows and then and hopefully get them on the show and that's the case mm-hmm. uh, today man we're here and we're uh, so so thanks uh for doing the show
2: yeah thanks for having me like i said before like this has been a long time coming i feel like you know yeah. I mean, like we became friends on facebook like what like uh probably like early last summer to spring Yeah, some, uh, i was,
1: yeah, it's kind of been a—I don't remember exactly—but yeah, I've been—I've been following you for around for a while, and yeah. started taking notice to your name popping up on a lot of the calendars and yeah. and stuff. So I was like, well, you, I want to get to know more. So um, yeah. and so I'm here, man. So this—I uh, guess uh, let's start at the beginning, man. Like, did I guess you—you um, you grew up around St. Louis? I—I
2: uh, I grew up in Shiloh, Illinois, okay. which is like right in between O'Fallon and Belleville, and. uh, I pretty much lived there my whole life. I, I lived like four years in DuPo when I was like real little. Then we moved to Shiloh pretty much been there all the way up until like just this past year. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much home for me <laughs> yeah. for the most part. That's where I grew up. Uh, I went to high school little Fallon. And
1: uh, You said yeah. you went to school with uh, past guest uh, Jacob Baxter?
2: That's right. We yeah. went to high school together. We uh, We met actually. Uh, on a lacrosse bus, we both uh, played lacrosse. We were the only like lacrosse team south of like Springfield in Illinois, and uh, we had this tournament we had to go to up north. And uh, each of us brought our guitars. We didn't even coordinate it; like we each had guitars, and we like looked back at each other, like, "What? You play too?" <laughs> so, like, we just kind of hit it off after that. You know, just became good buds.
1: Well, that's real easy to do with him. He's a great guy mm-hmm. and uh, super cool man. That was a uh his was started the exact same way man we i didn't know it was another guy i just started seeing his name all around town uh playing with a lot of my friends and i'm like i gotta get to know this guy he's like yeah and uh and just super nice and we hit it off immediately and shared some songs and stories and and we've become great buds since for sure sure. um yeah so shout out to jacob
2: baxter yeah (laughs) he's listening yeah Uh,
1: well yeah uh so uh so what kind of stuff were you playing then, like on the on that lacrosse bus and stuff?
2: Man, back then I I do a lot of country stuff now, but back then it wasn't so much. Uh, when I was real little. My dad always played country music, and my mom always played like '90s and grunge music and stuff. So like I was like right in that in between. But my dad he would sing Hank Williams all the time. He'd be playing Conway Twitty and George Jones and Merle Haggard and uh, Dwight Yoakam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the guys I grew up with. Like, every every time I hear the album Honky Tonkville by George Strait, I just remember, like, going out to the Kaskaskia River to, like, pull out hootenets out of the Kaskaskia And that was, that's, like, nostalgic. Like, that's something that's really cool about, like, just old music. Like, it can take you back to, like, situations in your past. Yeah. It's really cool. It's like a well, that, time traveling.
1: That's some country right there, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. To go to the, what, what? But as I moved on, like, I... When I got older, I kind of was like almost ashamed of liking country because like yeah. I became friends with like a lot of kids my age and they like the newer music and stuff. So I was about that for a while. But uh, when I was on the bus, I was probably singing uh, probably some Nirvana songs yeah. and uh, maybe some Foo Fighters. Uh, so I fit right in with Jake. Cause yeah. we both like that stuff. And it wasn't until like my senior year of high school that I like kind of stopped being ashamed of like like loving country music and I just started playing it a lot. And uh, I always, there was this talent show at our high school called February Frolics. And uh, every year since freshman year, I told myself that I wanted to do it. And because I was like, oh man, that'd be such a cool thing. Nobody even knows that I play guitar or do anything. And like senior year came along and I still hadn't done it. I was like, well, it's now or never. So I finally did it. And everybody was just like, what? He does this? <laughs> but like, it was just addicting. like. You know, you play a song, and then the crowd erupts in applause, and it's like right, right then you're hooked. It's like oh, this is really cool. Yeah. And started doing gigs like the following year.
1: What would you uh, would you play that show?
2: I played back then. I played an old Brantley Gilbert song called "The Best of Me."
4: Yeah, man.
2: And uh, he was at the time he was a little bit more underground. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he
1: was. He's kind of one of those guys. I mean, we got to talking about it before a little bit too some writers, but like. He's a guy that like was doing it for a long time and wrote a bunch of hits, and then yeah, and then finally uh, it took like Jason Aldean cutting a couple of mm-hmm. songs and then blew him up, man. That's right. That Dirt Road and My Kind of Party like became, uh, I mean, they were already like big hits with with Brantley's fan base, but then yeah. once once Jason cut them, then they become yeah, he was the Billboard yeah. star, so and then right after that, Brantley and uh, blew up on his own, so that's right. Uh, so that's kind of crazy. Like it's 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 cool to see. I mean, like you know, like you're saying, like he's he he was already doing his own thing, but like the writing, though, that's what got him there. Like you know, mm-hmm. he, that's how he got everybody's attention, and right. I, I feel like that's that's something, to, something about it. That's what makes a, a long-lasting star, uh, stars or the or this writing those songs on their own and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Jason sounds a good singing them, but he doesn't he doesn't write a lot of those songs yeah. at all.
2: Yeah, just from then, even then, I was just I put a lot of value on like the songwriters. Yeah so that's how i came across brantley gilbert because like i already liked jason aldean and uh off of one of his earlier albums jason aldean recorded that song the best of me and then i was looking on the list like oh, this is such a great song and i was looking at the writers and it was like brantley gilbert and i was like oh what the heck i better check this guy yeah. out and turn turned into that yeah i liked so, him for a while
1: so everybody uh crowd went crazy after
2: yeah it was really cool yeah. i didn't expect it at all like because i mean back then i just i wasn't comfortable with being on stage at all like sure i'd only like played in my room well that's kind of a lie like my dad had a blues band that he started up when i was like in seventh grade and they played a lot at this place called mnf tavern out in Baldwin, illinois but that place has since burned down but they played out there all the time and there was one time he forced me up on stage by tricking me because i was so nervous i didn't want to do anything on stage or sing or anything and like he tricked me into coming up on stage, and then once I was already up there, thought I was just gonna play guitar. He was like, "Here's my son. He's gonna sing. Ain't no sunshine." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, well, I gotta do it now!" And so you're like, what? Freaked out. 12, 13 or something. At the time? Yeah, I was yeah. probably like yeah. thirteen or fourteen yeah. years old. Singing and "Ain't uh, No Sunshine." Huh? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's always one of my favorites. Yeah,
1: on. that's a good one. That man, he's uh. uh he guys, uh, what they uh, use me as another one of my yeah old my Bill fav- yeah favorites yeah. from Bill Withers and um, but yeah he's got some bunch of great songs and it's kind of crazy to, to for him too like you think that he just kind of walked away from it all like he uh, I think he did like I don't know only like two albums yeah. or something like that like yeah. well, he didn't do very much in his career but like had a bunch of big hits on those and then just kind of walked away from the business and
2: yeah I I, I don't know if this is a hundred percent accurate but I read that like. He hadn't even been doing music for very long when he started. Yeah. And just in and out, like you said, that's kind of crazy. Like, he'd only been playing for, like, a like a f- I could be wrong, but I thought that I saw one time that he only been playing guitar or, like, playing and singing for, like, a, like maybe at the most five years prior to, like, him blowing up. Yeah. It's like some people, they just have it. <laughs> right. But it may not be what they want. Sure. But,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's crazy, though. Uh, so was it soon after... Or around that time, I guess, in high school with the talent show and stuff, you start kind of getting an itch to do this more? Yeah.
2: um, Well, when I first got into high school, you know, like a lot of kids, I was like, oh, I just want to make friends. I want to hang out with people. And I didn't really spend a lot of time playing music or guitar. I just kind of let it sit in my room for like forever. Every once in a while, I'd break it out and be like, hey, look, I can play. Uh, sweet child of mine on the guitar. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, when I first started taking lessons, I had like a rock and roller as a teacher, so he taught me how to play a few songs like that. And I would just whip them out as like, party tricks, basically. But I never really took it seriously. And uh, I guess I'd always kind of sang a little bit like in the shower and stuff. But I never thought anything of it. And then uh, I just had some friends of mine be like, you're actually pretty good at that. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And they just kind of like started building more and more in my brain. I was like, man, what if I try this? I wonder what if, like, at the time, when I was, like, a senior in high school, you know, being, like, a 16, 17-year-old boy, I was like, oh, I bet you the girls are really like that if they send me up there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, unfortunately, that was a very big piece of my motivation, but. Yeah.
1: uh, You know, I, uh, at the time in school, I didn't quite uh, fully understand it uh you know seeing all the guys with the guitars and mm-hmm. the girls going crazy for yeah. for those guys and stuff uh you know like i just didn't fully understand it but then i as i got older i went to some shows and i saw some um some women playing guitar and yeah. singing and stuff and like it's like it's you know i told then it all clicked like oh now i get it you know now it makes sense mm-hmm. like i i get why they were falling for the guy with the guitar like it's, yeah. there's something about like seeing them perform like that like yeah, it's somebody like, being uh, out there in yeah. the control right yeah just, uh,
2: at the front of the bill all
1: right yeah. it make it just uh it's attractive and so uh mm-hmm. i get uh why so many uh young girls like the guys <laughs> with the guitar so yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, I thought that it would be a pretty cool trick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it turned into me really enjoying it and like I I played lacrosse all four years of high school and I thought that that was like my passion. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to play in college." But like that kind of fizzled out and then I I turned to music and it really became like a like a saving grace for me, like became like therapy, entertainment, mm-hmm. uh like something that like an outlet for creativity and like emotions and whatnot, all rolled into one thing and it just it just continued to build into like that's such a big part of my life yeah yeah, it's awesome man
1: yeah yeah I didn't really fully like music had always been there for me like as a kid like my dad you know you were talking about Conway I remember dad had like this Conway box set and we used to listen to it all the time in his truck and like along with a bunch of other stuff dad was a big in. Skinner and mm-hmm. uh, ZZ Top and a lot of Omen Brothers and a lot of Southern yeah. kind of stuff but also love the traditional classic country Definitely. kind of stuff uh, and I remember Conway like um, singing a lot of those songs and uh, and and um, And I remember one that we used to kind of have a family band kind of thing. We never we never played out, but it was dad played guitar, played harmonica, and did some stuff. But like he'd play guitar, and me me and my little brother would sing at the house. And I remember um, one of them was pretty big, pretty popular for us uh, was um, Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Yeah. Um, Mm
4: -hmm.
1: We would do. Well, I've been standing on a rock, just waiting for my seeds to grow, (laughs) and uh, so. It was uh yeah. we we sang those songs, and it was just a ton of fun man but like yeah. um i never I never had that natural neck to like want to pick up and play, but like i do- mm-hmm. I loved music and I loved it all like but i didn't really fully start appreciating it like until after high school I started like going to a lot more shows and then um just kind of became that addiction man I was chasing it right. all the time, going to uh concerts after concert and
4: like mm-hmm. and then
1: i'm here today talking about all i is yeah. want to talk about music and listen to music right. and stuff but um That's maybe, maybe someday I'll, f- I'll figure out how to play a couple chords and stuff but it is kind of a yeah, bucket right. list thing for me to to write like, cause, like again mm-hmm. I, I told you about songwriters are oh, a big part of my life and like i was it's something i i do kind of have that it's a bucket list item like to write a song and have somebody record it or something and yeah so maybe someday i'll get there but
2: yeah it's a really special form of communication yeah it's like its own language. Definitely. Yeah.
1: You uh when do you write your first uh, song do you think? Uh
2: I was probably I didn't write my first song until I was like a senior.
1: Yeah.
2: Not until like after I did that talent show right. and like 'cause it was just it kinda like all came in as a wave, like I just kinda like did a little bit before then but then like I got such a good reaction out of what I did. I didn't really expect much but like in the school newspaper they were like, Oh, biggest shock, nobody like <laughs> like they like put me in the newspaper, like, Oh nobody knew how good he was and and of course my head is just like growing and I'm trying to stay humble and stuff and all these people are like saying hi to me in the hall that I never talked to before it was just like a super wild experience and I was like oh maybe I can do this like like I was just kind of doing it like like almost when I first started out it's kind of like weird it's kind of unfortunate to say I was like I was mostly doing it just because I wanted to like show off or maybe impress but then like I turned out just really really enjoying it and it just grew into what it is now like me doing it full-time basically and uh, yeah and i then i started to like gain interest in writing my own songs because i appreciated the songs that i was listening to like that the Brentley gilbert like he was a writer and like all this like i really appreciated like every song that he did he wrote himself it's like you kind of like almost feel like you're like learning about a person like you're getting sure. to meet them and like figure out who they are even though it's like you and i were saying off Mike earlier like you know people they write songs and they're just like stories and aren't always true right but like I feel like just like the way that people write you know you can learn a lot about an artist in that format as well and I just thought that that was so cool so it kind of inspired me to start myself
1: yeah you said uh Drifter was one of your yeah. er- earliest uh songs mm-hmm. that you, you remember writing and stuff uh, yeah let's talk about this one man
2: yeah that one It's kind of, you know, I was at a time in my life where I couldn't really understand, like, the reality of, like, what I was saying. Like, except for, like, a couple of things. Like, I remember my dad told me that he was an alcoholic when he was, uh, before I was born. And so, like, that's how I came up with that one line. Oh, my dad was drawn to liquor. So, like, I'd put, like, little things in there that, like, were relatable to my own life. But for the most part, I was like, oh, this is just like a, like a, like a sad song of a man who's just, like, on the road all the time doesn't get to be home or like somebody who like is a professional musician and is like he doesn't want to leave home but he has to and he's always going on down the road and moving on to something else even if he's pretty remorseful about leaving certain things behind.
1: Yeah.
3: Never dreamed of making blue eyes cry Baby, please, you gotta understand Gotta go be the man I am Gotta roll on down the open road Like my dad was drawn with liquor I was born to be a drifter old truck It's lie like a suitcase Don't ever get it unpacked it Gets loaded up Strapped down in each little town, leaving nothing but tire tracks Cause I never did mind being apart What I know now is your broken heart Never dreamed of making your blue eyes cry Baby, please, you gotta understand Gotta go be the man I am Gotta roll on down that open road Zach, I can't help but miss her I was born to be broken heart never dreamed of making your blue eyes cry but baby please you gotta understand gotta go be the man I am gotta roll on down an open road it's like I wanna reach out and kiss I was born to be a drifter
1: I really enjoyed this man, like, uh, and to think that, you know, you is one of your earliest ones. I'm, it makes me excited to hear what else is is to come. You know, like mm-hmm. what excited about hearing some more of your songs and stuff. Definitely,
2: well, I'm excited to keep on writing. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to grow as a writer as, as much as possible and wherever I can. Just always trying to improve. Is there? A,
1: do you do? Did you have any like? Um, things you do uh to push yourself to write or you just kind of want really more inspiration <laughs> whenever something things inspire it and
2: I, for the longest time i've just like whenever like i'm feeling a certain way i'll like get the motivation i just have to get things out but those moments are they seldom happen regularly so i'm really a very undisciplined writer but i'd like to become a more disciplined writer in that like i've i started reading this book uh just last year it's called the war of art i can't remember the author's name but like he's just talks about like all these mental blocks in your brain to keep like from the perspective of artists and like writers and like ways to get past this like unseen thing called resistance and uh resistance is like he describes it as like this entity that like tells you reasons why you shouldn't do something and he also talks about the muse and the muse only uh, drops in on those who are working their very hardest. So the people that wake up at a certain time every single day and no matter what is happening, they write for a certain amount of time and then they just stow it away. But like discipline writing and that's the best way to meet their resistance is just discipline. So that's something that I'd like to try to learn. It's a lot easier said than done because, uh, those fleeting moments when I feel, like, such raw emotion and I want to write, like, those are exciting. Those are really exciting moments because, like, you feel like you're getting out everything that you're feeling or have been feeling all at once. But, uh, when, I feel like when I rely on that, rely on, like, creativity that way, it's like, and you end up producing less. But, uh, that's mostly how I've written in the past. But, you know, in the Mm -hmm. future, I'm going to try to be more disciplined about it because I definitely want to get more material out and be able to better represent who I want to be as an artist.
4: Yeah,
1: I uh, I I i was just thinking. Uh, it's, I've said it on here a few times, but it's one of my favorite uh, quotes, and uh, just a, it's a funny thought. Like, but uh, Aaron Aaron Lewis, mm-hmm. who's now you know, um, pretty well known for yeah. country, but you know, obviously yeah, fronted Stain for many years and was doing a lot of really dark, uh, kind of depressed songs as he was that. Definitely. depressed guy he mm-hmm. was writing a lot of those songs and uh, and as he's kind of gone you know gone in towards more of a country career today yeah. uh, I saw him live at the pageant one night and he was telling some story you know he played a couple of old stained tunes and yeah. acoustic and he played but he's you know, mostly focusing on the new stuff and he he uh, you know it's still just the kind of a somber tone that he you know always talks in and stuff and he was like well so I fucked up and i wrote a happy song
4: and it, go, and it goes like
1: this so i was like uh and it just made me laugh so hard to think yeah. that that's like the mentality of it that he that it was a, it was a mistake that he wrote this happy song you know yeah. like uh <laughs> even though cuz that's it was an ordinary for what has most of his catalog but
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know it was a great song anyway but like you know he was wrote most of his stuff in that you know when he was down when he was sad and depressed and things but so yeah, I, I think you you know. There's a lot of people like, like you're saying that you know you write from those when you have those emotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like you can doesn't say you can't write a happy song when you're right. You know that's what. So my favorite records are either heartbreak or falling in love. You know, so right, it's like right. it's,
2: those are real strong yeah, emotions.
1: Sure, they they call they write some of the best songs. And yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited now. Like I said, I uh, was. Is this um. I mean, obviously, you do a lot around town. You've been um, playing a lot of shows and, and things. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm guessing this is something you want to continue to pursue full-time. And
2: Definitely. Uh, probably, uh, you know, I've been looking for an apartment all summer long, and luckily enough, I've uh, I've got a, a solid roommate by my side now. Most of the summer, I was kind of flying by myself, trying to find a solid roommate. But uh, uh, a buddy of mine, Tom Blood, and I have been looking around. And, uh, we, you know... Still looking for a place, you know, putting in applications, but uh, it seems like a lot of apartments, they don't like people that musicians, <laughs> a musician is their only occupation, <laughs> they don't really like to see that, yeah. and uh, so it's just been kind of a struggle finding a place uh, when that's all you do, but uh, I graduated uh, at Carbondale with a degree in history this past May, and I was thinking about pursuing like a substitute teaching uh because you can do that with basically any degree and I feel like it'd be something I'd be good at I've always been good with kids but that's something I feel like I could do as well as play music because you're done at three sure. you got your summers off and I could easily keep doing music full time
1: so many of my friends are, are educators and stuff you know, mm-hmm. whether it's high school or college and stuff so uh, or even just doing lessons and things yeah, and stuff right. so like uh, it's cool to, to see so many of them are, are trying to also impact the future exactly exactly. you're you're making a difference on all these kids and
2: keeps your conscience clean yeah man
1: (laughs) that uh have you have you considered uh i know so many uh want to make the trip to nashville and try it down there is that something that you think about or
2: it was um earlier on in my musical career like when i was uh, probably like a freshman or sophomore college like oh i'm picking up and i'm moving to nashville as soon as i get my associate's degree and i don't know. I feel like, from the time I was in high school, till later, I started to like, like, kind of go closer to like uh, songs that were more real to me. And I'm not trying to like talk crap on any other type of music, but I I just feel like a lot of like popular country music and the stuff they play in Nashville Mm -hmm. nowadays is like a lot more like poppy and. Sure. I don't I don't feel like it fully well there's I mean represents everything that I want yeah <laughs> and then music uh, not that it's like all bad but I generally listen to a lot of stuff on um, people that reject that scene and stuff and,
1: but there's a I think there's more than radio country and Nashville yeah. I mean that's what we're we we do hear a lot of that like you know mm-hmm. you're, you're saying this and a lot more the pop country things but um, I mean some of the best Writers in the world right. live in Nashville. And, that's
2: right. That's right. And
1: there's some of the that's the thing I think of, which is uh, what is cool about Nashville. I'm not saying you can't do it here in St. Louis, but I think that's the uh, some of the appeal is that there's so many writers to co-write with, yeah. And how accessible everybody is to collaborate mm-hmm. down there and stuff. And so, uh, you know, there are tons of great writers in St. Louis too but you know some I think that's the thing is like you just yeah. there's so many people and it's like you can just you, yeah. you can get in a room with some of the greats and write a hit song and stuff and
2: you know I could just be I could just be being more cynical than I need to be <laughs> but uh it's like yeah, it is, yeah that is very true it's like you said there's lots of really great writers that live mm-hmm. down there and that would be a great opportunity for sure yeah. to go down there for that um yeah more so than like play music i mean i wouldn't mind playing music in nashville of course that'd be cool but um yeah that is very true like what you said if you want to grow as a writer there's a few places you can go where you can find a whole bunch of them in one place Mm -hmm. but yeah but i mean i also believe that you
1: could now today with the internet Mm -hmm. you can make it anywhere i mean yeah like yeah there were a lot of really neat opportunities there um but you know uh, St. Louis is uh, very affordable to live. You know, it's uh, more yeah. of a, I think it benefits well as a working musician. Like you can actually afford to, uh, I think that's why I've noticed like so many of them live in Tower Grove because it's, right. uh, it's affordable living and they can be close to their gigs and everything and do very very well. And so there's a lot of pros and cons to any of it, but uh, just got to figure out what works best for you. But definitely, I, uh, I do feel like there's, that St. Louis is like, Bubbling under big time, now Like we have, yeah. Especially now, so many great like... players. Uh, whether it's you know, rock, folk, country, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. I mean, there's people out there doing it, and there's a lot of cool collaborating happening here in town too. A lot of people just want to put on cool shows and and work together and do things. And that's right. I just saw you recently played with with Anna.
2: Uh, yeah, off. over at Venice. Yeah, when, yeah, and you
1: and you two have very different styles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but it works. To, just yeah, to, Anna's you know, great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but just uh it's cool to see those kind of things like where you can kind of collaborate with somebody that's completely different than what you do and, mm-hmm. and still have, a f- have fun doing it and definitely you don't always have to all sound the same
2: yep it's collaborations beautiful yeah mm-hmm.
1: well let's uh let's drop in another one of your uh tunes this is uh you said this the working title of this one is tribulation yeah. you, you may uh
2: mm-hmm. I was going through some things
1: yeah <laughs> I think my friend had a joke like about Tri, uh, Tribulation, like if you uh, can you have trials without tribulations, like it's always it's always trials and tribulations. It's always yeah, like not one it. without the yeah, other. Right. So, uh, but yeah, any uh what, what you want to talk about this one?
2: Uh, well, um, yeah, that's this one really hits home for what I was going through at the time. Like, uh you know, my parents were married all the way up until my like junior year of college, and then they split and. Then, uh, and it just kind of flipped everything upside down and made me question everything I thought I knew. And uh, I was just struggling with it. And then on top of that, I was trying to balance going to school full time and being away from home and then going home to do gigs and being there while all this stuff was, like, starting to, like, fall apart. And uh, just constantly, like, being home, being away from home and being at school, having to focus on something totally different, knowing all this stuff is going on, and like, you know, just try to like make you think in your head it's going to be okay. But then when I would go home and play music and I would like see things like begin to unravel even further. And it was just like, just filled me up with just like complete like depression and sorrow. And like, I just had to keep thinking in my head that it's it's got to get better. It's got to get better sometime.
3: Travel, there ain't much time to stop and look around. Better keep the eyes straightforward, searching for the things you still ain't found. I can't take my hands off the wheel, my foot is firmly planted on the gas. Yeah, on this road I'm traveling Can't afford to look back on the past I can't make everything right Just one single night Honey, I promise There ain't a day that I don't And over the horizon, know there's better days awaiting me. But the seeds that I sown bear the sorrow of the weeping willow tree. Getting rougher than they were before Waves break over the railing And the shock is shaking me down to my core As I'm fighting against the wind Amidst the danger I suddenly start to see actually the thing that's killing me And I can't make everything right Just one single night Honey I promise There ain't a day that I don't try Know there's better days awaiting me, but the seeds that I sown bear the sorrow of the weeping willow tree. I can't make everything right, just one single night. There ain't a day that I don't try Over the horizon Know there's better days awaiting me But the seeds that I saw Bear the sorrow of the weeping willow tree Yeah,
2: I was just feeling really sad about a lot of things, you know, a big combination of things like getting used to the fact that, you know, Christmas holidays never going to be the same. You know, it's, you know. I'm sure people go through worse, but it was really bad sure. for me, for sure. And um, so I, I feel like this song kind of like just represents like my feelings. And um, there's a, the the second verse, um, I had a line that said, could it be what, I, what I'm what i doing is actually a thing that's killing me because uh, uh, that's related to me always going home and playing music because that's what I was doing a lot at the time. And it's something I really enjoyed, but like I started to really wonder like, Is me doing this instead of like something else like causing me more pain or, I don't know. And it was just I was dealing with a lot of confusion, and uh, and depression, (laughs) and I just had to get it all out. It's like we were saying earlier, like it was one of those moments where like I was just feeling such strong emotions, and just I didn't know how to deal with it other than to just put it out on paper, Mm -hmm. and uh, turn it into something. Yeah, man. That's music has been a really great thing for me to have cuz that's a great outlet to free your emotions like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, another one of my my favorites, uh, Lincoln Durham, he's a songwriter out of Texas and he uh you know, he writes a lot of these like almost like gothic kind of, you know, mm-hmm. really dark American folk songs and stuff and <clears throat> but he he writes these songs and there there's like, you know, really dark, you know, haunting kind of stuff, but and when he talked to him he's very uh happy and you yeah. know very nice guy upbeat uh-huh. and stuff but it's like so it's just kind of a a weird thing and i got to talking to him about it and he's like you know he's just like he has these thoughts in his head he, and that's the way he gets it out like it's, yeah. it's through his music and stuff so like
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know it helps him stay positive and definitely in his personal life by getting this, just yeah up. getting this crap out so um so yeah it's uh i've heard a lot of people talk about how, how i was just you know it's a it's a form of therapy and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um but yeah man Will you uh well you can come see hunter live we have a couple of uh opportunities coming up at porter's on the 8th that's right and that's what's that's uh what time is that
2: that is from six to probably like maybe nine or ten
1: what uh what what town is that in the neighborhood? It's in Collinsville. Collinsville, Collinsville yeah. yeah. And it was uh, east side of it. I can't remember what... Uh...
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's right uh, off of the 70 exit, yeah. I believe. And the Copper Fire on the 9th. That's right.
1: And uh, That's in Belleville.
2: hmm And you play there quite often. Uh, you... Yeah. A friend of mine I went to high school with runs it. And uh, we. it's funny, we always used to talk in high school... Uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to have a bar, and you're going to play there all the time. And I was like, you know, back then, we, like, we were just teenagers, and I was like, oh, is this a pipe dream, or is this real? And then uh, he brought it to fruition, and like I always told him, oh, I'm going to be playing music full-time, and it's going to be awesome. And it's kind of like almost like we're both living out our dreams. Yeah, uh, So that's, that's a pretty cool aspect to it. And Self-fulfilled prophecies. That's right. Yeah, man. <laughs>
1: Very cool, yeah. That that's uh, a great little room, man. I remember I was telling you a little story uh, that I stopped by there recently and was hanging out with my uh, good friend Lexi Schlimmer was playing a gig over there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's a neat space. I haven't, I haven't tried yeah. a, I haven't ate there yet, but I uh, hear there's some good food too. So I gotta, yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do that sometime soon. Definitely. I uh, I think uh, I think I did. I ate just ate. When when I went over there, I think I just ate over at Benny's Pizza. Oh that, yeah, yeah, that's old.
2: another place I'm gonna start getting some gigs at yeah. fairly soon. It's a neat
1: little spot too. Yeah. I ate pizza watching Big Mike Geary over there. Yeah, old and, Big Mike. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the best. He's great. Right? He's, he's great. He's, he's a bad dude. But uh, so I just thought that it was kind of cool that uh, opposite corners of the you know and my friends were both playing gigs right there and stuff. So I, I sat and watched Big Mike for a bit and then walked around, rocked uh, you know up the street a bit and. And saw Lexi play for a little bit, so it was a it was a fun night hanging out in Belleville. For sure. I don't I don't make it that way a whole lot. Uh, I live out in Wentzville, so it's uh you know it's an hour hour drive for me to mm-hmm. get out there.
2: So. Oh yeah, and playing gigs there like I'm over here in Creve Court. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a ride, especially sure. late at night. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it, always worth it.
1: Yeah, man, they got a lot of good things happening on the uh, the side in and, and music and stuff. With uh, I know. Um, between Belleville and Collinsville and and a lot of the neighborhoods over there, I've been over there a lot doing these podcasts and yeah, there's a lot of great things in music happening right there. So
2: yeah, Dance on Belleville has been a great place yeah. for a lot, a lot of music. You yeah, Seven, Benny's, uh, Copper Fire now, and um, those yeah. are great places to play.
1: Definitely, you can get involved with uh, Hunter on Facebook and Instagram for more dates. Um, he's always good about posting events and stuff so you can mm-hmm. RSVP and you uh you said you're also a regular at game six honky tonk so. that's right
2: I play there pretty often I think i played there like two three times this past month in October
1: yeah that yeah.
2: and I um they're just starting to put their uh, November calendar together so
1: yeah I haven't yeah. actually been in I've, I've been by obviously I I work at Oyster Bar so I am I'm, mm-hmm. I'm right next door all the time yeah but uh I still haven't been in but I do love the idea of it though I do I yeah. love that we have a, a true you know country bar in downtown st louis yeah it brings uh,
2: bands and yeah
1: because yeah. we we've i remember I, I, I told you man we got a great thing going and, and especially even in country music here in st louis well we just never really had that uh, a true platform for for them to kind of call home so it's kind of right. i feel like game six is kind of becoming that uh yeah I know, I know they do a lot to bring in nashville up here and stuff but also giving guys like yourself a uh, opportunity to play and stuff too so
2: yeah and jeremy and ryan they're great guys and yeah. They they run a pretty good establishment. You know they make sure that they're involved with the community and whatnot. I think they're doing a a benefit for breast cancer right now, and uh, they're always trying to just be involved with the community and get as much incorporation as they can. Yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely man. Well, uh, let's drop in this cover tune. Like I said, a lot of you you do play quite a few. Uh, covers uh, some of these bar gigs and yeah. different things but uh <laughs> they outnumber
2: my originals <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i i love the originals man that's i yeah. I, I really uh, hope you hope you uh, continue to write and definitely uh, and get some more of those out there but uh you were telling me a, kind of a fun story about this one this uh um call, this song's called election day mm-hmm. but um maybe not a lot of people know it uh let's let's talk about this one man
2: yeah uh blaze foley he's a easily became one of my favorite songwriters. You know, I didn't know much about him until, like, a couple of years ago. Um, I stumbled across him because I watched this uh, this document. or well, actually, no, I came across his song, Clay Pigeons, that John Prine actually covered as well on on one of his records because a friend of mine, DJ Stan, I went to school with, we liked the same kind of music, and he made this big Spotify playlist, filled it up with all of these Americana and like Roots music, and just called it Rough Real. and I came across Blaze, and I was like, oh, is this a newer guy? It has like this like painting of his face, and I was like, oh, is this newer? And I had no idea that he was from the 70s, and then Mike Judge put out uh, this like kind of country music uh, animated documentary I can't remember exactly what it's called I wish I could but like it's an animated documentary that talks about all these old country guys and like their wildest times like he talks about Johnny Paycheck George Jones, Waylon Jennings uh, uh, I don't know he might have done Billy Joe Schafer but his very last episode was talking about Blaze Foley and how not a lot of people know about him uh, but he's a phenomenal songwriter and his guitar picking style just kind of just makes you want to move it's got a real good rhythm to it and like he, all the embellishments he puts on his chords it just i was immediately drawn to it but um yeah he was pretty much just like a homeless guy yeah uh he was real good friends with tom's towns van Zant, and both of them they were just like drinking all the time and uh so it was really hard for like record labels and people who want to put him on tour to like rein him in keep him in control because every time that they would try Blaze would like push back and he wouldn't want to sign anything so it was really hard to like actually get him out there and get him promoted because you know the 70s that was a very different time for music you know we don't have like the same like avenues for streaming and yeah, sure. and stuff I mean you really couldn't do much unless you're through a record label and uh, so a lot of his songs you know they were just kind of lost um, but I feel like a lot of them are emerging now because like, you can find several albums of his stuff on Spotify now. But I just can't stop listening to him. He's become one of my favorite songwriters. And yeah. His style is great.
3: Hey, Mr. Policeman, please don't take my stuff It cost me too much money and it probably ain't enough Get me through election day Didn't I hear you say it'll be alright, be alright, be alright Wouldn't even weigh things hardly worth your time luck's been bad the telephones took my only dime it might be a burden to me won't you just go and see if it'll be all right be all right be all right The stuff it cost me too much money, and it probably ain't enough to get me through election day. Didn't I hear you say it'll be alright? Be alright, be alright. Please don't take the stuff Cost me a $20 bill And it probably ain't enough Get me through election day Didn't I hear you say It'll be alright, be alright, be alright Be alright, be alright, be alright Be alright, be alright, be alright
1: It was according to I guess it was early or late '60s, but it was you know similar, similar time and story. But um, there was a guy, Jake Holmes, wrote the song "Dazed and Confused" mm-hmm. from that Led Zeppelin made famous. Yeah. And according to legend, he once performed opening for the Yardbirds when. Uh, Paige was in the Yardbirds mm-hmm. and so that's where like they heard the song or something and then um Jake I guess had kind of quit playing uh, I think something like kind of quit playing music or gotten in the military and was doing stuff or mm-hmm. whatever. but uh and wasn't even aware that Led Zeppelin had like blown the song up at Dazed and Confused and made it a huge hit by that time and then he heard it or something like that and it was like and they just like Covered his song, but it's like you think that, like, you know, today, like, it happens, people know about it, like, instantly. But yeah. to think that, like, he went like a couple of years without even knowing that Led Zeppelin's doing his song right. or something like that, like, it's kind of wild. <laughs> it's to be a pretty daunting yeah. realization, right? <laughs> but, uh, today, you know, like, uh, they're quick to, you know, anybody, like, I know, uh, like, Ed, even Ed Sheeran, with, uh, I think it was, uh, with it, I think it was him, with, didn't he do the the Tom Petty? said that he sampled tom petty in one of his songs or something Might like that been, yeah. or are the uh uh
2: my mom probably knows she's a big uh,
1: pharrell williams guy. i think they they signed, uh got him for sampling marvin gaye or something like that like yeah all these people are like getting lawsuits uh, off yeah for sampling music now and stuff but it's yeah, like copyright's pretty yeah, uh, strict nowadays yeah so mm-hmm. but uh yeah, it's it's just kind of crazy to think that how music business has changed uh, from the '70s. Though it's mm-hmm. it's pretty wild. Some of up and
2: in trouble for that kind of stuff. I guess pretty yeah. often, because they had the Lemon Song. I think they got sued over that one, didn't they?
1: Oh, I mean they, there's, I mean, I they, I know a lot of that stuff. Like they, uh, they, I mean they were they were great. Like they were one of the. Yeah, they're really good at what they do. But they, oh yeah, no,
2: I'm, I'm not but, discounting Led Zeppelin but whatsoever. They, yeah,
1: <laughs> but uh, but so many of those songs that they everything they put on there was Page mm-hmm. and Plant, even though they ripped off every old blues musician and stuff. Like they, you know, so many of those songs were, especially Led Zeppelin One, was like all mm-hmm. like eighty something percent sampled material from yeah from blues music, uh, you yeah. know, Blind Willie Dixon and all mm-hmm. these guys, and st- it's like, so uh, you know, I've kind of gone a couple of rants on here about it because like people think they're and i mean i don't know i guess if, you, if you're just not educated into it mm-hmm. if you don't learn you know take the time to look at the credits to learn the songwriters even though right they've since changed them i think but at the mm-hmm. time they were just a page of plant and that's where they yeah. got in trouble like right. they were claiming this is original Taking credit yeah yeah but i think it's since they, they've they uh, re, uh recredited everybody and stuff or something some of the different things and but like you're going back to the beginning of this like I saw my songwriters that's why I always went through the credits and I love looking at who wrote these songs and, and seeing that so I, I do a lot of my homework to learn about all these greats and stuff and I, I usually find myself enjoying the singer songwriter versions of these songs compared to the band version of it or whoever cut it and made it a hit or whatever it is so there's a guy Dallas Davidson do you know him? Yeah, well Chris Stapleton Oh um, yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris is blown up as a solo artist now. Yeah, but like, he was a writer for years. Yeah, yeah, every song on the radio for the for so long was all you go through the credits and Chris Stapleton's on every one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Dallas Davidson's the same way. He wrote, yeah. wrote, wrote all kinds of hits. He's part of this group called the Peach Pickers. Mm. Um, I forget the uh, rest of the guys, but they wrote a ton of songs together. All of them. Dallas cut a record also by himself, like a just a you know stripped down acoustic version of a lot of songs, but he like. Um, this old boy from Craig Morgan and um, uh, 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 Joe Nichols, one too. That uh, Joe made a big hit. And I can uh, yeah, the, uh, give, give, big me, big give me, me that girl. And yeah,
4: stuff yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm.
1: anyway, a lot of these songs, like they're all Dallas Davidson songs. And really? stuff so huh. um, tons of hits and stuff. But that's the thing. It's just like that's what i started taking notice is like you start going through liner notes and seeing these same couple names popping up like mm-hmm. i gotta know what's going on with this guy like is right this, yeah and now I look and chris goes on the cmt and sings and now he's a yeah and he a superstar Grammys yeah and <laughs> so. yeah for saying, sure you sing with justin timberlake one time and that's mm-hmm. all you need man takes out mm-hmm.
2: takes career takes it's off take off might <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> see him at the super bowl sure. or something <laughs>
1: you yeah. But yeah, I mean he was one of those guys put in put in a lot of work before he ever got there though. I mean that's the thing. But that oh, moment, yeah. that moment he everybody the world took notice and that's mm-hmm. it, and that was what was cool about it's that. It's really moment.
2: satisfying when you see like the originators start to get their credits and their, their dues. Um Yeah, man. There's a lot of those folks, I imagine they stay in the shadows. Yeah. And some of them like it. I mean, I'm sure yeah, some of yeah. them
1: want it that way, but sure. uh I'm sure a lot of them have dreams of being the star on stage one.
2: Um, Chris has got the talent. I was man.
1: telling you a story about my friend Will Hoag, who I'm, I'm yeah. super excited to see coming up. Uh, but when I saw him live one one time a while back, he was he was telling a story about you know some of his gigs. Uh, you know, sometimes there's only 100 people in the room or whatever it might be. Uh, and then uh, when he when he sold that song, even if it breaks your heart, that he went yeah. he went on the road with Eli Young Band to write a couple more tunes and. At the time, they were opening for Kenny Chesney on tour, yeah. And so he was playing. Uh, he was he'd go out and uh, a couple songs with Eli Young Band and play and like uh, play guitar with them and stuff. And so they're playing in front of like you said, like you know, uh, Friday night or whatever. They're in uh, you know whatever Detroit or something. And there's forty thousand people at the show, and then they go to the next town and there's fifty thousand people at this show, and it's like. And Wells said he's back there playing guitar, singing, and he's like, man, I wrote this motherfucker. <laughs>
4: so, you, know, like, you, yeah.
1: you hear 50,000 people singing the words to your song. And that's stuff. pretty crazy. And that's I can't about, imagine. Yeah, it's got to be pretty wild, man. Yeah. But, uh, but no, he, the way he tells those stories, I mean, he's just, uh, he's he's, he's one of my favorite performers on stage, and then in and the writing, too. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's he's great, but... Yeah, man. I uh, so I hope you continue to write, and I hope maybe uh, we hopefully we get. To, uh, is there? I guess uh, you said you have a bunch, but uh, we we shared two today. Is there? Is there plans to?
2: Yeah, get some recording I plan going? to get a, something together for sure. I, I kind of been uh, well, most of my gigs that I do and it's just solo acoustics. So that's the way I'm used to playing mm-hmm. for the most part. So like I've been kind of going back and forth on whether I want to get a, like an actual like band to get something recorded together or if I would just go the route of just doing it like just solo acoustic or maybe just like acoustic guitar and like maybe only like one or two other instruments just kind of like a very acoustic record because that's just the way that I've played for years um, it would almost be like a like a step outside the boundary to like introduce like a full band and all that different stuff even though that's something I'm definitely interested in but uh,
1: I I think that's a good idea though too because then you can replicate it well too. Like it's not like it doesn't sound. You know, yeah, it's not going to sound super different. Like you know you're you're trying to sell a record with a full electric band when you're playing live yeah. acoustic. At least people can kind of get take home what they hear too. Uh
2: huh. And so, a lot of the artists that I've been listening to a lot lately, uh, they kind of have that style too. And I really admire it, like Tyler Childers yeah. and Colter Wall, and I mean even Blaze Foley. Sure. Like a lot of his stuff is mostly acoustic. I mean he has some stuff full band. But I almost like his solo acoustic stuff better because he just, yeah, he puts so much character into his like guitar playing. It's yeah. like he just has it all there. Yeah, you can't hide no. anything on that man. Yeah, it's,
1: it's uh, just the truth. There, so.
2: That's right, and I, I just admire that style for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's hope that happens uh, real soon. We'll get some. Uh, Be the first to know. <laughs> yeah, man. a bunch hundred people's tunes out there, and uh, we'll uh, get involved. Like I said, we got the facebook page you can find more dates and everything coming up mm-hmm. and uh yeah man but this has been awesome i, I yeah I thank really, you so much really appreciate you taking the time to do this sharing some of these songs and stories with me yes sir and uh yeah man we'll definitely we'll do it again here soon when when you maybe get an ep or something going here
2: very cool i'm looking forward to it all right
1: <laughs> thanks buddy thank you bye everyone
2: rock Rock paper podcast rock paper podcast rock paper podcast podcast.
3: well yeah that was it